2: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: And this is an emergency episode of Locked On Magic. Today is March 25th, 2021, trade deadline day, D-Day for the Orlando Magic. Everyone is dusting. There's no more. No one's left. No one's left. Uh, This is an emergency podcast as the Orlando Magic have completed trades uh, that have completely shifted the roster. I'm going to have more thoughts on this later on today. I am planning a locker room conversation at 6 p.m. on Thursday, so if you missed that, you can get the replay of it. I'll also be replaying it on Friday's episode of Locked on Magic. Like I said, this is an emergency episode of Locked on Magic. We're going to hear from Matt Peck of Locked on Bulls as well as Adam Morris of Locked on Nuggets to break down the Magic's two big trades. Um, that they completed today and, and this morning. Um, uh, still waiting to be finalized. I'm recording this at about 4 o'clock Eastern time. So I wanted to make sure I get these initial thoughts out. Um, first, the nuts and bolts. The Orlando Magic traded Nikola Vucevic and Alf Farouk Aminu to the Chicago Bulls for Otto Porter Jr., Wendell Carter Jr., and two future first-round picks, including a top-four protected pick Uh, or is reported to be a top-four protected pick here in the 2021 draft. So the Magic will add another draft pick, probably mid-level draft pick, as the Bulls now are poised to make the playoffs. The Orlando Magic also traded Evan Fournier to the Boston Celtics for two future future second-round picks, as well as Jeff Teague. According to The Athletic, the Magic are telling Jeff Teague, you do not have to report to Orlando. He's expected to be waived. Finally, the Orlando Magic traded Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark to the Denver Nuggets for Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, and a 2025 first-round pick. Obviously, the Orlando Magic have traded their three best players, or their three, or at least the three best players that are playing today. They've traded uh, their three top scorers, um, players who are pillars of this franchise. We spent a lot of this week uh, reflecting on the end of this era of Magic basketball, um, and that really is the goal here. The Magic have turned the page to a new era of basket of of team building, and end of the franchise. This is a rebuild, folks. I did not expect this. I thought the Magic were going to retain Nikola Vucevic and try to at least keep a semblance of competitiveness for next year. But the Magic decided to hit the reset button completely. And the move to trade Vucevic certainly is a sign of that. I had Vucevic going only for a star player or a player on track to become a star. So I am frankly a little disappointed with the deal. Um, I thought Vucevic would get more. And I thought that he'd be really valuable next year, even if the goal was not to be great next season as Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz um, tried to get back from torn ACLs. And they should. There's no reason to think they won't, but it's going to take time. And I thought Vucevic would provide a ton of stability before the Magic would have to make a decision on him and whether to trade him further on down the road. Um, But the Magic got two first-round draft picks out of it, which is a good haul. Wendell Carter Jr., which we'll hear a little bit more about him here in a little bit, um, are, is an interesting young player who has struggled to find his place in the NBA. Um, and Otto Porter is going to be, frankly, he's going to be the top scorer on the team if he stays healthy for the rest of the season. Um, that, that's a guy that, that can score and put up a lot of points. And all of a sudden, the Magic have a couple shooters in Gary Harris and Otto Porter. Um, but overall, I, I have to say I'm disappointed in the haul for Nikola Vucevic. If it really felt like the Magic had to be blown away to get Nikola Vucevic this does not feel like they have been blown away to me. Now, I, 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 from what I understand, the two picks are top four protected um, in 2021 and 2023 from the Chicago Bulls with Nikola Vucevic and Zach Levine. The Bulls are going to be in the playoffs. Um, they may be a low-level playoff team, but they're going to be in the playoffs. Um, so that that draft capital is nice. I'm not saying I'm not saying you turn it down. It looked it seemed like the Magic were really beginning to become more interested in draft picks, but I I really th- thought the Magic needed to get some players. Um, I am really concerned. About the lack of veterans on this team right now, Terrence Ross is the only veteran on the team, and I am pretty—I would feel pretty safe to bet that I think he probably gets traded in the offseason. I don't think that he's gonna hang around much longer either. Um, it, it, the Magic—the Magic are in a full rebuild, and, and this was just a sell-off. And it's disappointing that that's the direction the Magic went. That's—that's um, that's kind of my initial take on things. Um, as far as what the Magic did with Nikola Vucevic. As far as Evan Fournier, I would have liked to have gotten a player back, again, to someone that the Magic could use and develop a little bit. Um, But the Magic actually did create a decent-sized trade exception out of this, which could be useful down the road as the Magic begin to reshift and think about what their roster can be. Um, And then I I think the Aaron Gordon trade was about what I was expecting. I actually had uh, the Nuggets as my favorite to land Aaron Gordon for a long time, um, as you'll hear when I talk with Adam Morris of Locked on Nuggets. We had been discussing Aaron Gordon trade scenarios for a little while. Um, I told him when he made his pitch that like, I actually think the Nuggets have the best to offer. It's the most realistic offer between Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, and a first-round pick. I think I wrote this deal a couple weeks ago. Um, and and I think I pretty much nailed it, too. Um, um, I I think the Magic did a good job with that. They get a a player in Harris who has struggled with injury, but when he plays and has been in a featured role, has done very well, and so maybe a change of scenery can help him as well as just getting healthy. Uh, And R.J. Hampton, who's just a young player who needs some time, and as we hear... What Adam describes uh, from him, a player that that the Nuggets really liked and felt like could develop into something, a player that Magic fans were targeting and thinking about at the draft before they picked Cole Anthony, a player that they felt uh, fell to them as well. Overall, though, eh, you know, I'll have more developed takes on this um, next, you know, on our our next upcoming episodes of Locked on Magic. I I want to hear what Jeff Weltman has to say as well. Um, This is a tough day. Um, uh, you know, we expected it to be. You know, obviously it was an emotional day yesterday when the Magic won their final game with these three players, and it was very clear that change was on the horizon. Uh, whether you, whether certainly necessary change, but change nonetheless. Um, it, this is a tough day. I, I did not expect these players to move. Um, I did not expect it to be this sudden, and I did not expect. Um, I did not expect this at all. Um, you know, it, it, this 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 complete transformation of the franchise. I, I will say. Well, I still have some things I have to review um, and things I have to study about what the Magic's cap situation looks like now and, and kind of map out the depth chart a little bit more clearer, um, this is a full rebuild now. Um, this Magic team is Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, and whoever they draft in the 2021 draft. This is Jeff Weltman. More importantly, this is Jeff Weltman's team now. Um, there are no more holdovers from the Rob Hennigan era. Only Terrence Ross is left from Rob Hennigan. Uh, that uh, Rob Hennigan acquired player. Everyone else is Je- Jeff Weltman has responsibility for. This is his rebuild, and while this rebuild may have been delayed two years because of the team's surprise playoff run in 2019, it is here now, and now we're going to get to see whether Jeff Weltman can really build this team. They tried the middle road approach. I thought it was working. Um, for to be on- honest, you know, certainly some hiccups, not exactly to plan, but I thought the team was still on the right track. Um, now the future looks a whole lot less certain. Um, now the future, you know, doesn't have a clear vision. Um, and, and to me, that's that's the part I am most unsettled by with what happened today. There can still be a lot to come out of it. Uh, You know, I'm eager to see how these players play. I'm not expecting much from the rest of the season, uh, win-loss-wise, to be perfectly honest. Um, We will get to see young players play. I expect Hampton to get a lot of minutes. I expect Okiki to start getting a lot of minutes. Um, Wendell Carter, you know, Mo Bamba may not get a lot of minutes because Ken Burch is still around, it looks like. But Wendell Carter and and Ken Burch and Mo Bamba make for a nice center rotation still. Um, Not as nice as with Fucevic. Um, There's going to be a lot of rough days ahead for the Orlando Magic as they come to the end of the season, and hopefully the prize for those rough days will be a top draft pick. That's that's what matters now. We're going to come back, take a quick break, and then we'll hear from Matt Peck of Locked On Bulls to break down the Nikola Vucevic trade and what the Magic are getting in return. And I am joined now by Matt Peck of Lockdown Bulls. I figured I'd welcome him into my house if he's going to take my things. Uh, but uh, Matt, uh, pretty good day for the Chicago Bulls.
3: <laughs> Great day, Phil, man. It's good to talk to you. Bulls fans were kind of assuming that we would see more of the same, you know, maybe a cash considerations trade, but that's just the PTSD of Bulls fans. We have to remind ourselves sometimes that we do have a new front office and they. Uh, wasted no time. They spent the first half of the season evaluating the roster that they inherited, and they decided to make some bold moves. I'm so excited for Vuc. Uh, and, and I also am a big fan of Al Farouk game. He'll add some solid depth, but man, that Vooch levine two-man game is going to be deadly, don't you think?
1: Yeah, it's going to be absolutely deadly. And I and I think Billy Donovan is the kind of coach that can get a lot out of Nikola Vucevic just because he's so versatile and, and such a skilled playmaker. I mean, you think... You know, here in Florida, you know, we know Billy Donovan pretty well. You think about all the great teams that he had at Florida. He he had a lot of really good kind of rugged centers. But I I think a lot of Donovan's best teams, he had playmaking centers like Al Al Horford, Joachim Noah. Obviously, those teams were like crazy talented. But he could do a lot of stuff running off of those centers and and letting his scorers work off the ball where, you know, there's a lot less pressure on them. And obviously, you you know, Donovan's always been an innovator with the three-point line uh, in college at least. Um, having a guy that can go five out with Nikola Vucevic, he could go five out now with Laurie Markinen out there too. It's going to create so much more space for Zach Levine, who's had a really fantastic season. Um, I, I think for Chicago, this is the absolute right move. They're, they're pushing all in to make the, play, make the playoffs, and, and obviously they've got another, another couple of years with Vucevic left now um, that they can really begin to build and, and, and establish their, their, their core group of guys.
3: Yeah. Well, and you know, we might not be done. We just saw the Bulls make another trade with the Wizards. Uh, first, they shipped off Wendell and Otto, their, you know, starting uh, center and wing. They, with the Wizards, shipped off Gafford, their backup center, and Chandler Hutchison, their backup wing, Uh, brought in Mo Wagner and Troy Brown, all kinds of changes. We could still see a lowry marketing trade happen before the end of that 2 p.m. Central time deadline. Uh, There's also been rumors about Thad Young, but I'm guessing if they made this move to get Vooch and pair an All-Star with Zach, seeing how useful Thad Young has been for them, they're probably going to keep him and make a push for the playoffs. But the other big name that is flirting around is Lonzo Ball, trying to get that point guard to pair with Zach in the backcourt. Meanwhile, though, Phil, I mean, how do you feel about this decision from Orlando, to basically hit the rebuild button just yeah, before I, you and I hopped on. We got the Aaron Gordon trade. It's finalized. He's going to Denver.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're recording this at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central. Um, I I am I'm still kind of shocked. Like I kind of woke up, you know, woke up and, and was expecting a kind of, you know, relatively quiet until just before the deadline. And then, you know, that Nikola Vucevic deal hits so early in the day, which, you know, suggests that this has been in the works for a while. I, I expected the magic to Uh, consider this season as an aberration and kind of just do a soft reset where they moved Gordon, moved Fournier, and got players that could help them kind of get back into the playoff picture next season. And obviously, um, that's not super difficult in the Eastern Conference. Um, But I I expected the Magic to to, to still rely on Vucevic. Um, You know, next season, you know, Markel Fultz is probably not going to be back until until January or the All-Star break. Jonathan Isaac should be back for the start of training camp, but coming off of torn ACLs, they're not going to be 100%. They're not going to be the top guys and, and they're the core guys for this team. Um, and then you're going to have a rookie coming in with this, with the draft pick at the magic are surely going to get, and might now, you know, I was very bullish on them getting into the top three or into the top four lottery odds. They're pro- they might be in the top four. I don't think this team's going to win very many games the rest of the season. Um, and so I felt like Vucevic would have been just a really good stabilizing force for the team. Just someone that can consistently get them 20 and 10 be an outlet offensively. And I thought that would be really important to the team. So I am, uh, completely shocked honestly that the magic opted to to hit the reset button and, and completely blow this thing up and, and essentially start over from scratch and obviously they have Isaac and Fultz waiting in the wings both very young players uh, on on their second contracts but I I, I, I am still very I'm still kind of shocked and trying to piece together what this team is is trying to do and move forward with and and how they're going to build a team that can you know remain at least nominally competitive next season. Um, as it seems like they're ready for a two, maybe three-year rebuild to recollect draft assets. Um, the one thing, the one thing the Magic did get in this deal that I am intrigued with is Wendell Carter Jr. Um, you know, obviously he was taking a pick after Mo Bamba, who can't seem to get in the rotation either in Orlando. Um, but it seems like Carter's just had this really weird career uh, career arc so far. Um, it, when healthy, I think from everything I understand, he's a very, very good defender. But just the pieces haven't fit together. What? What 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 are what did the Bulls have in Wendell Carter Jr and why did it I mean obviously you're getting an all-star player in Vucevic but why did it make sense to move on from him
3: Yeah I think from the Bulls perspective um you know we, they were just getting bullied uh in, in the paint in the front court every night Wendell is undersized as as far as starting centers go even though the league has trended towards small ball you still need bigs and dominant bigs who can bully people in the paint and Wendell um you know it, it, Some nights it was Embiid and Jokic and MVP caliber bigs like that. And on other nights, and, you know, uh, Vooch as well, he had his turn against the Bulls. But even just, like, mediocre to subpar centers were bullying Wendell. He's just so undersized for that position. He did play a lot more four in his one-and-done season at Duke alongside uh, his teammate Marvin Bagley, who is, you know, also a, a top pick in that year's draft class. So maybe... Orlando can see a way to kind of reinvent who Wendell is. Because when the Bulls had Lowry marketing from the Jimmy Butler trade when Wendell arrived, Lowry couldn't play the five really, so they just kind of shoved Wendell into that center spot. Now the thing that I'm curious about in Orlando is you guys already have a lot of interesting front court pieces. Even getting rid of Vooch, you have Mobama hanging around, Jonathan Isaac. I you know, I, I hope that Wendell can reinvent himself. And maybe expand his offensive game, uh, and maybe even expand that game to the perimeter. Because in a limited number of examples we saw from Wendell trying to expand his game offensively, you know the three-point shot was never confident. He's even hesitant to, you know, take open looks when he sees himself open in the mid-range area. Clearly, he was in need of a fresh start, and hopefully, he could start to uh, blossom on the offensive end. At with the Orlando Magic, but you know you're getting a quality versatile defender. He does struggle against larger bigs, but he can guard out at the perimeter, so he has that going for you.
1: Yeah, and and I think the Magic have you know always kind of envisioned themselves as having this kind of versatile defensive blob, um, and that that might right. be the best way to describe it because you know a lot of people envision Jonathan Isaac playing some small ball five, and 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 like Carter, he's probably not capable of playing the five full time against the big bigs in the league, um, but but. I think the magic are aiming for this kind of defensive block defense defense, uh, this this ability to switch defensively at every position. And, 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 you know, I think, you know, honestly for the magic, that the picture just looks a lot cloudier. Like I was a little bit more certain about what the magic were trying to do and and who the magic were trying to be, uh, three, four hours ago than I am now. Um, and, and I think a lot of that's going to play into what the draft pick is for the magic, uh, as well as everything else. Um, before, before, um, we kind of close things up here, uh, Otto Porter Jr. just a solid veteran still, or 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 where, <laughs> Wait, where's he at?
3: <laughs> i I mean theoretically a solid. Vet. Theoretically, <laughs> uh, I mean the dude's getting paid twenty eight million dollars this season. Bulls fans haven't seen too much of him really since the Bulls made that trade with uh, the Wizards a couple years back when the Bulls sent away uh, you know Jabari Parker in that deal. Um, when when he first arrived in that trade, he played like a dozen or so games, and the Bulls' offense immediately got better. There was better decision-making, better ball movement, better movement off the ball, and Otto just made so many things open up for his teammates. And then he got hurt, and we basically never saw him again. And then this season coming in, it was like, he's healthy. Otto's healthy. Here we go. And even though he was healthy, the Bulls were so excited about the number four pick, Patrick Williams, from this 2020 draft that he won the starting spot over Otto, and Otto was playing decent minutes off the bench, quality veteran minutes off the bench, And then he got hurt again. The back spasms have been a recurring issue. They keep flaring up. They would flare up when he was getting closer to a return. But he had made his most recent return, had been in the lineup and in the rotation for the last few games prior to this trade. When he is healthy and on the floor and mentally engaged, there is a reason that that dude once signed a contract worth $100 million. He is a quality two-way wing in this league if he's healthy.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what the Magic are hoping to get for the rest of this season. I'm not sure they'll hang on to him much longer than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, to me, it feels like the the real prize the Magic got in this draft pick it, or in this uh, trade is uh, Cade Cunningham. Um, but we'll or one one of those big five guys right. in the draft this year. It definitely feels yeah. like the Magic maybe are maybe some Cade, maybe some Suggs. Like hey, there's uh, Evan 12, Mobley there's now there's back on 12. the table. Like I told I told people I told people you know you know USC obviously going to play this this weekend in, in the NCAA tournament. I told people like hey you know I wasn't super focused on Evan Mobley because the Magic are loaded at, at center, but don't sleep on this guy. <laughs> Don't think don't think the magic won't take them well, guess what now every option feels like it's on the table for the magic if they land a top five pick which they may they may not i'm I'm not a believer in the lottery but uh as, they are.
3: as someone representing a team who had been to the lottery many times over the last few years. It can be a
1: cruel, cruel
3: day. We played seven, three years in a row. <laughs> you don't,
1: you don't have to tell me. Uh, we, we we spent five years doing do playing that game, and it did not cash out. Um, that uh, I want to thank you for jumping on, giving us a little little bit of the lowdown on on the on the new Magic players. Um, seriously, take care of Vooch. He is he is a treasure. He is he is great. Um, and and we're hope, hopeful that uh, that Vooch does well in, in Bulls Red again, except when he plays the Magic.
3: We, we appreciate it uh, just from what I can tell on my Twitter feed over the last couple of hours since that news went down. This fan base is stoked to get a player like Vooch of his caliber. We've also seen him beat up on us several times over the years. So we're excited to get that guy out of a Magic jersey and into a Bulls jersey, hopefully as soon as the Bulls game against San Antonio on Saturday. Phil, nice talking with you, man. Best of luck. With uh, with the lottery uh, and and take care, take care of one for us.
1: Uh, we 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 def- we definitely will. Thanks a lot, Matt.
2: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: And I'm joined by the man of the hour, the keeper of the people's champion, Adam Morris of Locked On Nuggets. Adam, I know you're on vacation here in Florida, but uh, how, how are you doing?
0: Yeah, I am here in Florida. It's nice and sunny out. Um, I see the beach out my window, but here I am uh, furiously watching the trades come in, including a big one for for our two teams.
1: Yeah, and, and, and a big trade for the Denver Nuggets. Um, I mean, I, I'm following some following some Nuggets people, obviously, right now to, to, to get the lowdown and, and wanted to ask you a little bit more about who the Magic are, are getting. But what was your reaction when you saw that the Nuggets had acquired Aaron Gordon? I, I actually had the Nuggets as the favorite to Lane Gordon all along, um, and I think I actually had this deal pretty much predicted uh, when, yeah. when, when when the rumors started really popping out.
0: And we were messaging each other back and forth, just kind of saying, hey, is this the price? What, what, what do you think about this? And this was more or less the framework we sort of had in mind. Um, you know, so I don't, I'm do not i not too surprised either. Uh, Denver seemed to be pulling away as the days went on and, and really leading up to the deadline. I think for Denver's perspective, you know, there's a lot of hopes with Aaron Gordon. It does feel like he has unlocked uh, – untapped potential. Um, and so y- you hope that putting him in a situation where – He needs to be Denver's third or fourth best player this year and probably third or fourth best player going forward. A guy who the ball's probably taken out of his hands a little bit more. You feel like that's a good fit. Obviously carries some risk. Is that a role he's willing to take on? Is he willing to focus and emphasize more of his defensive versatility and a little bit less of his offensive playmaking? I don't know, but at least on paper you say he has the talents to do the things Denver needs him to do. And his deficiencies are covered by what Denver does so well, which is just their offensive system. So Uh, I I think from a Denver's perspective, it's really good. And what they gave up are players and pieces that I think aid a developing team and not so much a team that is trying to contend. So uh, another situation that hopefully becomes a win-win for both sides.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and obviously with the Magic moving on from Nikola Vucevic, it certainly feels like the team the Magic are getting ready to enter a more prolonged rebuild and and kind of resetting the franchise and, and the roster completely. Um I, I agree. I mean, I think that this is a perfect fit for Aaron Gordon. Um I think one thing the Magic have not been able to take advantage of with Gordon um is his ability to cut off the ball because they just don't have the spacing for it. They, they the yeah. defenses just kind of camp in the lane and and dare dare you to drive into the teeth of their defense against this Magic team. Um, and so Denver obviously has a little bit more spacing and shoot and shooting. Uh, plus, uh, you know, not that Nikola Vucevic is a bad passer, but the be- the best passing big man in the league right, right now, right. Nikola Jokic. Um, and frankly, Jamal Murray is going to be the best point guard that Aaron Gordon has ever played with by far. So um, I think there's a lot of interesting possibilities with with Gordon in there. Um, you know, I think him and I, I've always kind of said that he pro- that Gordon probably works really well. With another kind of versatile uh, three like Michael Porter Jr., especially since Porter can shoot it, shoot it a lot better than Jonathan Isaac or Tobias Harris ever could, when um, right. they were with the Magic at least. So um, I think there's a lot of interesting lineup fits, and, and like, this is the kind of move that you know Denver started to pick up their their pace a little bit, um, pick up their pace a little bit. But this is the kind of move that can take Denver from you know. Outside of the fringes to okay, maybe they're back in the Western Conference Finals, which is obviously someplace they want to be. And, you know, any any chance you could give Gordon to to if you can get him to focus more on the defense, the offense is gonna to come to him so much easier. And I think, you know, a lot of people probably don't realize this. Um, you know, yes, he's had some injuries that have kept him out for a while, but uh he he's shooting be- he's shooting around forty percent from three this year. He's having his best shooting season of his career and and obviously have a lot more space to shoot and, and a lot a lot more uh, of open shots coming this this way now in Denver.
0: And when you talk about spacing with Gordon, I think his rim sort of gravity is going to be more important than his shooting gravity. Of course, he'll be open. He'll have opportunities. Uh, There's a great site, the B-Ball Index, that um, it tracks spacing. You know, how much five-man combos, how frequently does a player play with elite spacing? Gary Harris, who he's effectively replacing, you now slide Will Barton up to shooting guard. You plug Aaron Gordon in at that 3-4 sort of combo. Uh, He'll be replacing him. Gary Harris was in the 99th percentile for playing the most minutes with elite floor spacing. Jokic, maybe the best floor spacer from the center position in the NBA, not just because of his shooting, but the way he plays. Michael Porter Jr., 42% volume three-point shooter. Jamal Murray... 40% 40% this year, volume three-point shooter. And then Will Barton, who's very good. I think he's somewhere around 40% himself. So Aaron Gordon being able to play with a wide-open painted area and an elite passer, your hope is that he sort of maximizes his tool set. Maybe he loses one or two shots a game, but maybe his points don't go down just because the efficiency is, is his ability to live at the rim. That's sort of your hope for him. So we'll see. And then, yeah, just that length in defense. Denver, it's no mystery. They're actually – 14th, I think, in the league in defensive rating, so they're about average. I think most people pin them as being one of the worst teams, but they're about average. But they just don't have anybody on their roster that has Aaron Gordon's body, meaning they've got a lot of guards, they've got a lot of power forwards and centers, but they didn't have any small forwards. And when you talk about Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George – if you're going to win in the Western Conference, you have to have somebody that you could throw on those guys. So, Aaron Gordon has a very well defined role for him should he choose to accept it.
1: And, and what's going to be interesting to me, uh, and something that uh, pers- personally, as a fan of Aaron Gordon, I'm really excited to see is to see him play on that bigger stage. Um, this yeah. guy has, you know, in the playoffs two years ago, he, you know, Kawhi Leonard still had an incredible series, but he played Kawhi Leonard about as well as you could play him in that series against the Raptors, really made him work. Uh, when Gordon wants to be, he he can be a great defender. He came into this league, and I think would still say his goal is to be on the all-defensive team one day. And so I think, you know, Gordon, especially now that he may not have as much of an offensive role, um, if he's willing to accept that, He's going to be he's going to play the Jeremy Grant role that, that Denver really missed this year, and, and maybe Paul Millsap isn't giving them as much as he gets gets up in years, um and so I I think that this is going to be a really interesting move. Um, you said something you know moving to the Magic perspective of things, um, you said something interesting about Gary Harris and and, and the spacing that he's played with. I mean, obviously he's dealt with injuries. Um, for much of his career and hasn't been able to stay on the floor. But what kind of player are the Magic getting in Gary Harris? And, and, and you know, obviously the Magic, it's not very clear what their team's going to look like right now, but what, what, uh, what can he bring to the Magic and, and can he succeed here?
0: Well, Gary's an interesting subject because back in the early parts of this Jokic era, Gary Harris was the number two. Uh, he really exploded onto the scene two years in a row at 40% or better from the three-point line on good volume. Uh, great athleticism. It's only about 6'4", good wingspan, but just elite athleticism, elite finishing around the rim, creative finishing. He started to have some injury trouble, some core muscle injuries, some hip injuries. And as soon as those arrived, at the exact same time, Jamal Murray was starting to sort of take off. And, you know, he just, he was never the same player. His shot left him, his confidence left him. And he started to be more of just a instead of a three and D shooting guard, he became more of just the defensive end. And he's very good at that end. Even last year, locking up Donovan Mitchell after Donovan Mitchell had multiple 50 point games early on in that series. Gary Harris missed the first five games of that series or four games of that series. Of course, Denver's down three, one. He comes back and Denver wins three in a row uh, again to, to put away the Utah Jazz. So he's an elite defender, but his offense, I just don't know. It's been so long now, two and a half seasons since he had those great offensive seasons, so he's a little bit on the downswing offensively. Um, and then again, going in next year, you've got one and a half years basically with him. Maybe going into a contract year, he sort of bounces back and, and finds refines a shot. Or maybe on a roster that doesn't have as many offensive weapons, his usage goes up and he gets a little bit more of an offensive rhythm. I don't know, but... Right now, I think you can count on him being very good defensively, unreliable for health reasons, and unreliable with his shot. But at least a little bit of optimism that that shot will return.
1: Yeah, and maybe I'm again maybe a larger offensive role. Maybe being in a new new situation, being in a new building, you know, having some new people around him could help. Um, you know, I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around what the Magic's roster will look like. But you know, all of a sudden now the Magic have another kind of forty percent three point shooter, and Otto Porter, which which is strange. I don't know what right. I don't know what to do with the with these shooters now. Um, if they if they are shooters, who knows? Um, but uh, before before we close out, uh, I'll have to I have to ask about R.J. Hampton. Um, he was a guy that a lot of Magic fans had some interest in uh, during the draft process. I, I know he went through some health and safety protocols, and it's tough being a rookie uh, on a team with um, with championship aspirations um, because you know everything is geared toward winning. So he probably needed to go to a place where. The team was kind of forced to play him, which the Magic certainly are going to be forced to, to play and use him. Um, but what have you seen from from Hampton so far this year? I, I, I imagine when the Nuggets took him, a lot of people were excited about the potential that he brought.
0: A, a fantastic athlete, uh, shot out of a canyon. Reminds you of Zach Levine or Russell Westbrook, just the way his strides are so fluid and effortless, and he covers so much ground. So, you know, a little bit raw, though, I think less raw than I anticipated as a player, to be honest with you. You know, he fell to, I think, 24th. You thought, okay, this guy maybe needs a year or two of seasoning. I think he's a guy that you could play now on a rebuilding team. You're not going to expect to win, but he's not going to embarrass himself. He knows how to dribble. He knows how to pass. Uh, he has pretty surprising vision in the pick and roll, makes some pretty high-level passes. Uh, and then defensively, he has all the tools. And I think here in Denver, when he's trying to earn minutes, he really keyed in on the defensive end of the floor. And you just look at that 6'5", very long frame he had, very quick frame. Guys didn't get around him very easily. He, he really looked like he projected to be a a very nice slasher, um, you know, sort of not really a three D player, but more of a defensive slasher type player who you could put the ball in his hands and, and use as a sep- secondary playmaker. So he's a guy that I think. Um, you know Tim Conley has pretty much nailed the draft every single season. I think he's been the best drafter, uh, drafting general manager in the NBA for seven seasons now. And I think that's another one you look at and you go, the Nuggets paid a first round pick to get RJ Hampton this year. They moved, they traded a future first to be able to take him at twenty fourth. Tim Conley not the kind of guy to do that unless he really feels good about a guy. And when you watch RJ Hampton, you see it. It's not a, it's not a slam dunk. He's not for sure going to turn out to be a great player. But you see all the pieces to say, hey, if he works at it and has the right situation to succeed, he 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 has tools to be much better than a twenty fourth pick, much more the lottery pick that he projected to be before going to Australia for a season.
1: Yeah, and I mean, obviously the Magic trying to collect some young assets, trying to build a little bit more for the future. Um, again, Matt, this guy the Magic had, I think, had their eyes on during the draft process before picking Cole Anthony. Um, who I think they felt felt fell to him. Um, and obviously now you get an opportunity and, and especially for young players, for players coming back from injury that may not be in great situations with contending teams like the Nuggets, which they are a contending team. They're trying to win a championship. Um, this is a, a great opportunity for a young player. Um, Adam, I, I want to thank you for jumping on. I-, I, I, we can hear your phone buzzing, so I don't want to keep you away <laughs> too much. Um, we're, recording at, we're recording this at, recording this at two forty four Eastern. So we're almost to the trade deadline. The pencils are almost down. Um, but I want to thank you for giving us a lowdown on, on some new magic players and uh, Take care of Ag. Hopefully, uh, he'll he'll win a trophy for for you, whether it's a dunk contest trophy or or, or a bigger one.
0: Sa- sounds great. Thanks so much.
1: No problem. I hope that gives a little bit of a lowdown on who the Magic picked up at the trade deadline. I'm recording this now at 4:30 Eastern time. Time passes. Isn't that fun? Um, 4.30 Eastern Time. There have been no other deals that have trickled out. I've seen a couple fake woge and fake Shams reports that some people are running with about uh, Kem Birch, but as of now, no deal on him. Uh, coming up later today, Thursday, March 25th, whether you're listening to this now or not, uh, I will be on locker room at around 6 o'clock. Um, Jeff Weltman is expected to address the media at some point tonight. Uh, So I will cut off whatever I'm doing to be there and and have that. So I'll have a report on that up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com coming up later tonight. Um, But around 6 o'clock, plan on being in the Locker Room app. Follow me on Twitter at underscore omd for the link as well as uh, follow me there if I have to change the time for whatever reason. We will have a conversation coming up later today and we'll turn that into a full episode of Locked on Magic coming up on Friday. So obviously a lot a lot to get to uh, for the Orlando Magic. Um, Busy, 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 busy day here in the Magic Kingdom. But that's going to do it for now. Thanks for listening to this emergency episode of Locked on Magic. Be sure to tune in to Locked on Magic later on today for a bigger breakdown as well as our locker room app conversation as the Orlando Magic NBA trade deadline is uh, pretty much complete. A a big day in Magic history. Until next time, for Orlando Magic, dealing Locked on Magic, this is been Philip Rostenreich. We'll see you all again for another episode of Locked on Magic.